Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Books PJ, we're using the Anna Karenina method here. He's PJ. Hello there. I'm the Dean, and we are the Books Boys. The one and only. This is the Books Boys show. Get it? Buy it? Books. Now, Books. Two Ooh. important things to note. PJ is doing his laundry. <laughs> I am doing my laundry because, I'll tell you why, because why not do a bit of laundry while you're doing a nice radio show or listening to the radio show? Because I'm just going to show this exclusive content. You have to pay a lot on Patreon to watch this, but there is my laundry pile, Dean. Oh, wow. PJ, uh, you're going to get me too excited now. You got to be careful with that pile. Well, I'm just saying, if you want want to pay for that kind of content, uh, lads and lassies, do I do uh, I have to pay mucho, to see this? Mucho dinero, mucho dinero. Well, I think we can talk about that check afterwards that you're going to send me over. Just saying, <laughs> exclusive content, everyone. And the second thing we should note is we are currently lacking um, Alfred. He's he's taken uh, he's taken some time off. For it's it's springtime. We just had St Patrick's Day. We're coming up towards Easter. He's just taken a little extended vacation. Well, um, after that contribution he did last month, which was basically saying not a single word, he must be very exhausted. Yeah, he, he is. And, you know, I really hope that the listeners will forgive us. I hope that the show is still enjoyable without him. You know, I know that he, he does really, he's a vital part, you know. He, he's vital. That's the, that's the key word. Anyway, okay, books, well, you know, just, books. Uh, what's it all about? You know what I mean? Uh, I know we've been asking this a few times. Um... Any answers from the any answers from the internet or the internet, as uh, my stepmother mm-hmm. would say? Well, not and, not on the not on the interwebs, uh, but we got some carrier pigeons, and they all brought um, they brought me some paper. And, but I was confused. I thought that the paper was mm-hmm. the book, uh, but it turned yeah, out yeah. it was just a little scrap of parchment with it, with some scribbles on it. So it wasn't very uh, helpful. Well, uh, unrelated, actually. Perhaps you perhaps all these. Um... Uh, all these plays and poems they can be found in bottles in the middle of the ocean i heard they put um stories into them right or letters i, I heard a song thing. about about a message in a bottle um right, but okay. how much well, paper is required for it to be a book you know that's that's what we don't know how many trees it's a mystery how many trees it's a mystery uh, shock isn't it a bit shocking now uh, to be honest like they say it's made out of trees and it is a bit of a strange thought isn't it that you are not to get macabre here, but it's just just a bit of food for thought. You are re, you are basically holding a tree that's passed away. I mean, have you thought about that? I'm holding four. Thought. So, well, it's a straight thought. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and for what kind of trees? Yeah, I know it is kind of slightly sobering. 
And no, I'm just saying like we're putting stories in yeah, on trees. I mean, it's kind of a beautiful thought too. Mm. Uh, which is, makes me happy because uh, I'm going to mention the book in a second, but one of the books I, I read actually talks a bit about that, that he purposely um, found an association where, where his books are basically printed on, what's it called? Basically not organic trees, but uh, forests that are controlled, that, that they're, sorry, I'm not saying this right, controlled forests where they're regrown almost immediately. So sustainable forests, that's the word. So he does print his books on sustainable paper. Ah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, not something people think about, right? They just think about recycling. So, I mean, it's just something to think about, guys. Think about the trees outside when you're, when you're reading that book as well. How can you help the trees? Anyway, that's is just it? a little food for thought. Oh, PJ, yeah. before we get into our books, what's the, oh. what's the news with you? Uh, well, I've been... Oh, well, I was just, I was just saying there to Dean, I have been busy... Um, since we last talked, pretty much at the same time I started, just afterwards, started writing a children's book, and um, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a bit of mystery what it's about, but it's about a small animal, although he's usually big. So okay. that's all I'm saying right now, and what the implications are. He's shunned from society because he's not as big as he should be, not as great I know, as I know he should that be, feeling. not strong. Oh, there you go, and also about. Well, the interaction between yes. humans and animals. So I just finished that book at the weekend, actually. So I'm really happy about that. Good. It's been a while since I did some, some writing. Yeah. You know? Congratulations. Uh, good, sir. Well, t- well, cheers. Thanks. I mean, all that, all that, that's why I was reading a lot of children books, not to, not to get the ideas, but just to get into the vibe of like how to write more kind of concise writing, a lesson down. I'm really interested mm-hmm. at the moment at editing down. So I'm your children's like, books do not follow the Anna Karenina method. Is that what you're saying? I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going a bit, a bit against our Anna Karenina method. So I'm very sorry, Mr. Tolstoy. But um, I, I'm just, I'm more interested in what is, <laughs> what is the story of Anna Karenina? Can I read Anna Karenina in two pages? This is what I, I'd be interested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what have I been doing? Um, I've been to London. I went with with Playboy Alex and Dark Place Robert. We went to London. We went to Shakespeare's Globe Theatre and we saw Titus Andronicus um, performed. It was absolutely fantastic. It was an all-female cast. Um, They added some songs in. They added some jokes in, but they still kept the original script perfectly. Although, uh, hold on a second. I I haven't read it, but I thought it was supposed to be one of the most violent plays. It's very violent. So they didn't add jokes. They just made a few of the lines that were already there in a funny way just to give you a little break from the mass murders that you're seeing essentially (laughs) Um, but they did it perfectly if anything i think it was an improvement um i reread the play and then we did a quick bonus episode of playboys where we talked about the show we went to see so that's on our on our page that's that's pretty sweet yeah it's great that you had the experience and i believe it's our mutual friend alex's favorite Shakespeare player one of his favorite Shakespeare plays is it it's up there and I think it, it went even higher after watching that this performance and what a great uh, treat anyway mm. and what else have I done I I've been working on my my Mexican dance and I performed in the Europa Hotel in uh, Belfast for the culture shock uh, night That's pretty and cool. I, I did a, a Veracruz a polka and a mambo so that was that was fun so so we can we can see. I mean, we basically pay money to see you dance now. That's that's the new thing. So if you want to see one one book boy dance, that's um, it. Yeah. In, in Belfast, 
Wow, and I was also in a in a St. Patrick's parade in Newry, so I've been busy. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. And I heard that they had oh, one of our favorite Water's Head songs. <laughs> yes, we went, we went afterwards to a, <laughs> to a bar and they had uh, My Lovely Horse, which I think we've, we've played our oh, version of on the show before. And we've Alex done it a few times. Not not amused, but uh... <laughs> a bit a bit of uh, a bit of backstory. I think we mentioned this back when it happened. But last year, February, uh, when I was in uh, County Clare, our mutual friend Alex and Dean here came to visit me and Elisa. We we talked the story before. I'm just telling it again. I think so. And and but I got I got used. I got to the habit of bringing a guitar and the rented car we had. I wasn't driving it. Thank God. I was just playing by the side. And for some reason, why did we even start with? You weren't, you weren't you weren't playing before. and driving. Let's, guy, yeah, let's yes, I would, that would be a bit too uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be a bit too too much in the literature uh, scene. But I don't know why we start playing that song. But as soon as we started, we pretty much didn't stop playing for the whole time you were there. Yeah. And our mutual friend Alex um, is you know Americano, and he, I suppose he doesn't have the father Ted's um, you know <laughs> essence in him. He didn't appreciate it. I, just I think it he did way. it first, but I think uh, I think you wore him out. <laughs> well, maybe all right. I suppose <laughs> if you think if you think, well, yeah. yeah. So, oh. so by the way, did you know uh, performed in a, in a bar? I, I think we're going way off topic here. I'm just going to mention. I think they have Father Ted Festival right now in March. I heard I that they do that. that. Yeah, because remember I told you last last time. I mean that was February last year. I also said mm. you know in March we should go, and we did it, and they oh, have I it again I it. someday. Sunday, we'd love to go. Yeah. Anyone wants to give us any free tickets, guys? Yeah. And I should mention, we're actually recording. I haven't read as much as you're used to because we're recording a week early. Um, and because Alex and I are, are taking a sojourn uh, to Athens. Um, so <laughs> nice. we've been reviewing on, on Playboys on, on patreon.com slash booksboys. We've been reviewing some ancient Greek plays. We're doing some comedies. Um, and we're going to move on to some tragedies from next month. And we just thought, you know, it's time to go to Athens to see see where it's all starting. So. Say where it's all at, yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah, go back to the origin. Next would be Rome. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I've done Rome before, but I've never been in Athens. I've always wanted to go. Um, That's pretty sweet. But look, I see. This is why we're missing Alfred, and we're we're getting off topic. We're we're round. Yeah, we're just getting off topic. It's just it's just a conversation here, lads. But I suppose the ultimate question: people are dying to find out what are the four books you've read. Uh, I've read a bit myself. Um, you got two what there, is the right? First- I've got two right here, two lovely books. So we got some nice books. Now, first of all, I can I'm trying to guess four books. So I'm going to guess. You read one Duma that you probably didn't like. Hold on, I'm just gonna to try to I really don't know because <laughs> I didn't listen to your message. Oh, I sent you the one I read, you didn't listen. No, no, okay. no. Okay. I did on purpose because I wanted it to be smart. So I'm, I'm really guessing now. So I haven't done much... Duma. I do have so, no 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 hold on. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I haven't read. No, hold on, say let the listeners guess. So guess now. And dial one seven eight zero to get a, a special price. Mm-hmm. A special price if you can get the right answer. Pre- press one been? for Dumas. Press two for Balzac. <laughs> so wait a second. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a Dumas sequel that made no sense whatsoever, and you couldn't categorize because the translation was so bad <laughs> of the title that you're not sure in what pentalogy or sextology it belongs to. Okay. Now that's hold on, hold on a second. My second, my second guess is that you either got you're you're into um, a second, hold on a second. We're in, talking about Dickens, but we're staying Victorian now. I believe you might have stayed Victorian, something Victorian. Now, any guess, guys? Uh, let's go for a Thackeray. Let's go for William Thackeray, not Vanity Fair. You probably read a lesser book. 
I'm going to say. This, okay. is, this is my guess. Okay. Second, third of all, I'm going to guess that you might have gone Spanish at some points, knowing you. Because yeah. you, you have a tendency going Spanish. You know, if you, if, you, if you sit still for long enough, you turn Spanish. Start dancing Spanish. You've been dancing Spanish now. Yeah. So, so maybe so a galdos. A galdos. And the fourth is probably a guilty pleasure. Because you love your once once a month's guilty pleasures. This is okay. my guess. Okay. Well, yeah. I will I will do the reveal. Um I read okay. a Thackeray. Oh, hold on a second, drum roll. You read a Thackeray? I read a Thackeray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry Brilliant. Esmond, uh, which I'll talk about in, in just a few Brilliant. seconds. <laughs> Brilliant. So I got that um, one right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've been trying to return to old friends. Last month I had a Dumas. Um, yeah, I had the feeling. You're, and you're a Wilkie Collins. I've got a Galdos and a Balzac on the shelf, but I'm not going to do them just yet. Oh. I thought I would go to another old friend, uh, Tolstoy. Oh, right. I forgot. So we're just talking about the it. The Cossacks. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's one of his earlier novels, isn't it? Yeah. Then I went okay. for... Uh, an, an old Spanish friend, but one that we spent an entire episode five on. Oh my god! Um, Don't tell. I read some Zafon. Zafon, nice. Palacio de Medianoche. Yeah, lovely. And then I read a recommendation from Alex that was totally out of the blue. You would never have guessed this. Um, well, Samuel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter. Ah, stop it now! Then you've gone all American on me. Have you? I don't think you've ever read. It's the first uh, time I think novel. I've read, other than maybe well, someone that we've chatted to, it's the first time I've read an American classic oh, yeah, on yeah. the show. I mean, American classic. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear about it. So I'm really, let's go then for Thackeray. So what was it, yes. this Thackeray like? I mean, people are just known for Vanity Fair. So I, I, yeah. I also have I mean, no idea about his other stuff. Vanity Fair is a near thousand page, sprawling book full of hundred characters. It's very hard to follow, but it's a lot of fun. This is a okay. shorter book, okay? It's only about 450 pages. Um, yeah. I, I want to say that it's less fun and less well-structured, but it's still a good book. So it's called Henry Esmond, yeah. and it's about, obviously, the, the titular character himself, mm-hmm. and Mr. Henry Esmond. Um, it starts off very Dickens. So Henry Esmond is an orphan, He's living with like some people who are not uh, very mm. kind to him, and he mentions that the relative he's living with, you know, boxes his ears and uh, you know is very mean to him. Um, and I thought, oh, we're, we're going like Dickens' route, but then almost immediately he says he was taken away from that house by a different relative, and that's the end of the the Dickens uh, portion of the of the novel. Interesting. Did it seem like almost like a parody of Dickens? Because it was almost later, like, right? Yeah, I I read it as almost like I'm going beyond Dickens. You know, like yeah, here, yeah, yeah. here's it's what's awesome. popular. I'm going to cover it in twenty pages, and then we're going to move beyond that. You know, right? Okay. Um. So he moves to another <laughs> relative, and then. To another relative. So it's it's very weird. It's a very slow start because he's moving around to these different people's houses. Um, but eventually he settles with a particular family um, mm-hmm. in their kind of manor house. And they've got a son and daughter. And they, they're kind of quite kind to him. We, we don't go the Dickens route. These people are actually very kind to him. And he, he eventually gets on right. very well with them. Okay. But he also falls in... They, they almost adopt him as oh. their kind of son, but then he falls in love with his oh. stepsister, if oh, you will, oh, uh, Beatrice. So oh, here's Henry. Okay. We've got um, the lord and lady of the house, and we've got Beatrice and little Frank. And he's a kind of older sibling or, or older cousin type character to, to them. Mm. So there's also... 
the backdrop of this, all these books seem to have this political and religious kind of backdrop. There's um, Protestant versus Catholic type things happening. There's revolutions going on, you know, political overthrow, kings being overthrown and, and all this kind of stuff in, in the background mm. of it. And there's a Father Holt and he has a secret entrance to their house where they're just like, he can come and go, but eventually he, the, the house kind of gets raided because uh, they've been holding, you know, clandestine religious and political uh, meetings and and things like okay. that. I don't really care about that side of it. But um, interestingly, Father Holt disappears for many years, but later we bump into a, a, a royal emissary, a certain Captain Von Holtz, who uh, bears a striking resemblance to, to Father Holt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he sounds like a character. He's fun, um, and he just, he, he just teaches, you know, whatever. But I suppose what I, what I really want to say, I'm going to try to keep this brief, because this book suffers from being too short, actually. Vanity oh, Fair, okay. it's, it's trying to be as sprawling as Vanity Fair, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have half the space, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem. And the first, the first half is quite good. Once we get past the sort of triple-starred intro of him moving around, he's getting along yeah. with his family, it's all very nice. Um, then he contracts smallpox. Right. So he's a kind fellow. He's in the in a bar, you know, playing with some kids. One of them's got smallpox, and he brings it home and infects the house. Um, basically, right. Okay. Now, Lady Esmond absolutely worships her husband. She worships the ground he walks on. She thinks that he's just fantastic and amazing. Actually, he's unintelligent and he's a bit of an alcoholic. Okay, right. Bless um. He says, okay, smallpox is into the house. I'm off. He disappears, goes to a different town and gets a mistress. So what? when he comes back to find his wife altered by the smallpox and is quite cold to her, she oh. immediately loses all the kind of worship that she's had for him. And right. that, that family is broken for, forever from, from that moment. Interesting. But hold on a second. So the protagonist, what's his name again? Sorry. Henry. Henry, so he brought in the smallpox. So does he start yeah. feeling guilty? I mean, not he that does, and she almost throws him out. The lady right. Esmond, yeah. she, you know, she's you could have killed my children by bringing this in, and she's very, very harsh to him. But she does later recant it, and they do, they do make up. Okay, right, okay, yeah. Um, now there's a big twist that comes, but it comes quite early, so it's not really a spoiler as such. It's actually integral to understanding the plot. Father Holt okay. reveals that the title of Lord was given to the wrong branch of the family and he has some documents oh. to say that Henry, far from being the little foundling sort of orphan boy, he's the real Lord Esmond. All right, okay. But he's such a kind chap that he doesn't want to take it away from his sort of stepbrother Frank, who's going to inherit it when his dad dies. And he says, these people have been right, kind right. to me and I will, never t- I will never take the title off them. And he right, suffers a lot of hardships in the book because he is a kind of orphan he's a kind of misplaced uh, person but he just bears them all you know this victorian idea about just bearing yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bad luck that you've been given the ill health whatever else and he just bears it stiff upper lips it and and never tells anyone until near the end right okay but you know young frank is always nice to him anyway the only young frank's yeah. quite neutral he makes one or two mistakes because he becomes an adult and goes out and likes the women for a little bit but he reins himself in pretty quickly um, who okay. we don't like is Beatrice. He's in Henry's in love with Beatrice, but she's the ultimate coquette, you know. And she just goes around um, flirting with everyone, 
And um, she's really not very nice in the end. She's very different from the mother. They always say that the mother is this paragon of virtue, this, you know, saintly woman. She's just so perfect. And even her daughter says she's too perfect. I could never be like her. So I'm just going to be the opposite almost, you know? Yeah. Henry says, this woman is terrible for me and she would ruin my life if I married her. But I feel that she is my fate. And I should marry her anyway. So those like Victorian ideas, like why, why be happy? Like why, why do something that you think will bring you happiness when you could just like give yourself eternal grief, right? Of course, of course, yeah. That's it turns out she will marry him because he's not the Lord, and he self sacrifices, and he just he's not going to give her the title, so he goes off to the military to try to gain some honors for himself there, and yeah. he does it all. His whole life's goal is to impress her, and she's not interested. She's going off with other guys, you know. She's not interested in him at all. Right. Okay. Um, because he's too old and they mentioned like this guy you're just too ancient and I think he's something like 36 you know and they say like, well you know he's just he's he's done for 36 36 right. well that's ancient yeah. and she's yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous um, <laughs> in fact sorry that, that the same thing happens in the next book where the guys are too old and 36 and the girl I think really? at one point they actually say that even even Beatrice is an old maid now at 25 the other girls in the in the town think that she's beyond marriage now that she's hit the the wow. ancient age of twenty five. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know what they say? What beyond twenty five? You know, finally goes dark. Hmm. But what happens is that's ridiculous. But I suppose that's a very Victorian. Is he, is he making a point that this is something wrong, Zachary? I mean, I'm not even sure if he sure. is, or is it just really a Victorian belief? I think he just was in with it. Yeah. Right, yeah. But per Henry, Sorry. so what happens is I'm going to give one one spoiler because it's an important plot point. After the father dies and Frank inherits, right? That was to be expected. But how does the okay. father die? In a duel, right? Because there's a Dumasa. friend who was flirting with his wife, and he had to protect the family's honor by killing the guy. But the guy kills him. All right, okay. And Henry was a witness, so the wife says to Henry, "You brought smallpox into my house, and you ruined my marriage." And now you've watched my husband die and she casts him aside and he goes to jail. Wow. That's pretty radical. Yeah. So that I happens. Say, I was like, but you're telling a lot of the story now. I mean, but still. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop there. The only thing I'll say okay. is it does follow the Anna Karenina method. There's a good 60 or 70 pages of military campaigns. You know, oh, it's like God. Henry went off to impress her by doing military campaigns. Let us tell you all about them. <laughs> that oh, no. Many, many military campaigns. The only thing interesting about them is that one of them takes place in a raid in Vigo, which is, really? uh, of course, in Galicia, where I've been many times and where Valerie the Pigeon Detective lives. So it was All nice right, so Vigo actually... up here, but they plunder it. So that was not nice. <laughs> oh, that wasn't very nice. Did you recognize even some of the streets, even though? No, they don't go into much detail, um, but they just That's a pity. that they're in Vigo. You know, I think if you're going to follow the anachronism, if you're going to, like, this is what I think, really. I, I was just saying that I prefer, like, the essence of a story at the moment. I like I like minimalist at the moment, but uh, if you're going for the Anna Karenina method, I think there's still some art to it. You know, I still like mm. works like Ulysses, where he goes into great, great geographical detail. Yeah. detail of Dublin. So, I mean, like if you're going to do it, I think you might as well just like do a bit of research if you're going for that route. That's, and, like, that's then fair. I think it's interesting, but I think that's just lazy if you're just going to more or less kind of. Oh, that's a pity because mm. that would have made it more enjoyable. I feel like it would have. It would have. Yeah, I would have yeah. liked the video stuff. What's interesting, okay. though, is this is a story about everyone being nice to each other, more or less. You know, the, the husband and wife have their problems, kind of, yeah. but Henry's great. Everyone's nice to him. They see him as this kind old character. 
Um, that you know the mother pays for his education because she says, "Well, I want to send you off and get and get a good education and make something of yeah. yourself." He has another old aunt who helps him get into the army. Like it's not mean people. It's not like Dickens type uh, people. You know, it, yeah. it's just like let's all be happy almost. Uh, yeah, they've got well, their problems. They've got the smallpox. They've got the father dying, but they do what they it's a, can. You know, it's an interesting. I find it interesting because it's something that's not often talked about at that time, which is kind of like pleasing others and the consequences maybe of not of of, of always saying yes, isn't mm. it? I mean, you should be saying more no. There are, of course, some of the usual sexisms, and they mention, you know, a woman, and um, the best thing she can ever do is be asked to pawn her diamonds for her husband. Um, she oh, takes boy. great pleasure in, in having to do that uh, sacrifice for her husband, um, right. which, of course, links us into uh, this month's sponsor. It is, of course, the new hit single, Pawning My Diamonds for My Husband, by the band Everyday Normal Women. Um, so you can, <laughs> you can get that on, uh, on the jukebox today. <laughs> That's a great title, actually. Everyday normal. <laughs> Everyday normal. Everyday normal man. Yeah. Woman man. Okay. But that's, they, do the, that sounds they, they, do the, they do the usual thing where they move away from their estate because they're all rich, right? They go live somewhere else oh, yeah. and the estate's crumbling oh, yeah. and then they go back to it one day and all this kind of stuff, you know. But there's a very important hint and I, I, I'm going to just hint at it. Um, but okay. the sister always says, I don't think that Henry's the right person for me because he never made enough of himself. But you know who you really would do well with, Henry, is my mum. Your adopted mum, essentially. What? So that's. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I feel and like he worships the mum. So. Yeah, he wor- worships her. Yeah. Let's just see what way he worships her at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm, I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Interesting. It's getting a bit. Uh, yeah. It's getting a bit Miss Robinson esque. I feel like the whole kind of <laughs> Roger esque. Okay. Okay. Some of the sexism is, is bad for me. Like there's a, there's a girl that, uh, be, there's a guy, sorry, a duke that Beatrice is getting together with at one point and they're thinking about marrying him. And, you know, Henry gives her some diamonds and all of a sudden she likes him now. And she thinks, oh, maybe I should have picked Henry because he's given me diamonds. You know, that's, that's, that's how fickle she is. And the, the husband to be is like, you know, no one but, but me is allowed to give diamonds to, to my wife, you know, and he takes a great insult and he makes her give them back. Good Lord. So there's that you know, kind of con- controlling, you know, stuff as well. I'm going to go off topic here, but I'm really enjoying listening to you and uh, just doing the laundry. No, I, I can, you know, I'm not really much of a laundry kind of uh, fella, but I've got to say, I kind of see the the, the joy and <laughs> just, no, honestly, of like folding laundry, there's something very meditative. Just saying mm-hmm. that, guys. So I'm feeling like, uh, you know, not like an everyday woman, feeling like, uh, right now, feeling like, uh, I don't know where this is going right now. I don't feel like a woman. I just feel like a man who's enjoying things. <laughs> I don't know what's here. happening. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. But very going off very topic. I want to tell you about the book that I read. And right. I was just saying to Dean, I was re- I was reading these two books after I got a bit ill in the stomach, which in a sense uh, kind of forced me to relax. So it wasn't very enjoyable at the beginning, but then I just had to take some time off work and really just I just wrote a lot in the end and read and finished uh, the book I was working so- on. So it was a prolific week. That was just last week. And this book here really relaxed me. It was the kind of children's book I've been looking for, Dean. It's called Das kleine Gespenst, The Little Ghost by Ottfried Preussler. Very Germanic name. Okay. Um, and now Ottfried Preussler, he's not famous a- anymore. Relatively well-known in Germany in the 60s. And this little book... Um, has been turned into film a few times, but I, 
Uh, it has been translated into English. I highly recommend it. It's a pity that people seem to have forgotten it. Uh, I think people confuse it with Casper. It's got nothing to do with Casper, except that it's a little ghost living in a mm. castle. But it's the kind of book that I was looking for, then, because I've been looking for the kind of like Pippi Longstocking kind of book, like this kind of, you know, this kind of Swedish kind of 40s children's uh, book, which is just about essentially about not much about nothing, to quote the old Seinfeld, you know. But I'm looking for these kind of children books that are not really about big adventures or, or pirates or whatever. Well, Pippi Longstocking has pirates, but I'm saying. It feels like she's doing everyday things, or even mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. movie troll series. Um, they're doing maybe some fantastic things, but there's a lot of kind of depictions of them walking just in nature and stuff like that, or just enjoying the the nights, or just talking about friendship. And essentially, this is from that era. This is from the 60s. Uh, that's Kleine Gespenst, the little ghost, follows a, that's the name of the, look, beautiful illustration. Look at that. Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful illustrations by uh, I little ghost in a rocking chair. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and in a treasure chest. Yeah, and he's li he lives in a treasure chest, and he it starts off with the phrase "Ein harmloses kleines Nachtgespenst," a harmless little night spirit, and he lives in Eulenstein um, Castle. Uh, what he does, he just he's just a little ghost who just wakes up at midnight and roams around the castle for one hour before just falling asleep and lying back in his chest. And okay. he's got a friend. He's got a friend who's an owl. So there he is. Not a beautiful illustration. Highly recommend this. Just oh, that one's very nice. That full page illustration. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make a, a few photos. It's full of black and white illustrations, but absolutely beautiful. Mm. And this is um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uhu and that's the owl. He's a very wise owl, and he's the little ghost's friend. The little ghost doesn't have a name. And but the little ghost, he's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years in this castle and he just kind of wants to see the town in daylight so he always roams around at night and he has a big wish and he wants to just wake up one day during the day but he can't he tries often and the secret is only mr Uhu, Shuhu, the owl knows this that the town clock when it strikes at midnight is the moment the little ghost can waken up Ah. Unless it doesn't strike and it doesn't strike during the day, it doesn't wake up. But what happens is that one day the clock strikes at midday instead of midnight. It turns out someone made a slight uh, mistake and tuned the he tuned the clock again. But instead of doing it at midday, right? He, at midnight, he did midday. It's the same. So thing. the clock he, goes on at midday instead of midnight. So what does that mean? He gets to wake up during the day then for the first time. So. It, so he wakes up uh, there, yes. And at first, uh, he's delighted and he sees, he goes outside. But of course, there are people outside and they do see him. He's a visible ghost. And immediately, the second half of the book is just about him getting away. He escapes down an underground tunnel, gets lost. He only is awake for one hour. He falls asleep like on the dot at one o'clock. Mm -hmm. And he's lost and confused. And Basically, he's causing havoc all around the town. They're all terrified of him, even though he just kind of just wants to play as an instant little ghost. Mm. And he's got to find his way back to the castle. He's lost the way back to the castle. And the thing is, he also just wants to become a normal ghost again. He's become also, um, he's become also a, uh, he, he turns also into, uh, 
uh, where am I getting at? He he basically turns into a, a sad little ghost that and no one can understand them, and he doesn't have his friend anymore. Pichu, what happens if he falls asleep? You know, after the hour, and he's not gotten back home. After the hour, and he hasn't gone home. Well, he just has to stay where he is. You see, he has to find a chest or somewhere. He usually falls asleep inside of suitcases or chests or drawers or like trunks. So he always tries to find the place. Right. And he doesn't want to get, but nothing can happen to him. He's a ghost. But at the same time, he just wants his peace again. So it's kind of, he just wants to be the normal ghost he was. And it's just about him trying to find his way back to that. And he meets some kids who start to help him. And really the story is just a lovely, very short, you'd read it in a day. Um, hmm. Kids stories about a little ghost. And it's just illustrations I love about it. And he's kind of like, here he's kind of just like crying. Oh, he just can't get back to this place. Now, the one thing he does have, he does have a set of keys that he holds on to because he explains that if he didn't hold on to them, he would just fly off with the wind. But these keys open up any door or lock that exists. So it's a key point in the story. And, you know, what I like about, and I'm going to talk about the next author, because funny enough, uh, the two authors I'm talking about today used to be teachers, both of them. Right. The both men who used to start who started off the career as teachers. And I find it interesting because I'm a teacher too. And they've they've got the same story, the next author as well. Just teachers who started telling stories to the kids mm. and eventually thought, yeah, okay, they seem to enjoy this. Maybe I should write stories so that more kids can can read uh, about my stories. So it's something very honorable and mm. um yeah, I just I just love it. If you can find a copy, guys, have a look at the little ghost. By Otfried Poisler. There he is. Okay, there we and, go. Uh, beautiful nice. illustration. Now, beautiful is this available cool. in English? In fact, Dean, you'd be delighted <laughs> to know it says specifically in the 60s edition and what language it was, it was translated already. It must, it must have been really popular because mm. this was even translated into Basque. Oh, wow. In like Basque. So, like, and also. Uh, also Norwegian and Slovenian, so and including English, yes. So, guys, uh, might not be popular anymore that much, but lovely 60s book, uh, innocent kind of children's stories, story, but still, he's a ghost, so it's not that kind of like everyday or mundane either. Yeah, lovely. okay, good. Well, check it out before we hear about your second book. I'm gonna do my second book, but before we do Hi. that, I think it's Hi. time to tell everyone to go to patreon.com. Slash if you want, because because on <laughs> yeah, because on Patreon.com you could potentially for dinero, money, 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 okane, you but not can much get, money. Well, not very, very, a lot of more. If you want to pay a bit extra, you can see me doing laundry. Ah, so I'm right, just right, saying, right. like, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. But for a very little amount, you can also see. Playboys. Yeah, for like three dollars and three pounds, you get Playboys. Um, we've got oh, all no, our Shakespeare's. We've got our. When we, um, we say Playboys, we mean the theatrical uh, version. We we an- analyze uh, theaters. Theater, darling. Now we're releasing the older episodes on our Books Boys feed for free. But why don't you go and get the full back catalog, all of our Shakespeare's, all of our other um, plays, whether it's in Spanish plays, whether it's in other plays from around the world. And now, of course, we're doing all the ancient Greek plays um, and all the comedies are already out. So why don't you go and check those out? Plus, you've got Dark Place Dreamers with myself and Robert. We reviewed Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and The Sandman. Mm-hmm. 
Then you've got a few other bits and pieces like Poetry Pals and Film Fellows and uh, interviews from The Vault where I interviewed rock stars and all sorts of things. So go check that out. Nice. You get a T-shirt. Or, you, you know. or even a special episode where you described your um, trip to London, right? Was yeah, yeah. And of course, speaking of T-shirts, if you go to booksboys.com, you can just buy a T-shirt on there as well. You can get the Anna Karenina Method. You can get Keep Calm and Read Your Dickens. You can get Is Boys. this a holiday? Is this a holiday? You can get that on a T-shirt. And we never find out if it was a holiday or not. Uh, you know, I think every day is a holiday. Hence home, I the message. Creatures. Hence home. <laughs> <laughs> Great play, old JCA. That's it. Well, oh yeah, so before I do my book, I'm, I'm talking about the Patreon. I'm supposed to, yeah. supposed to play the <laughs> jingle. To sell it. Yeah, so, oh yeah. yeah it's a supposed to sell it. thing here. It's cheap though. Get it, guys. The fact that we're right. Is happy. Is PJ. Hello there. Now, PJ, what have we learned about Shakespeare? He's a Hello. Dark Place Robert and Playboy Alex. Doing all right. Glad to be here again. So I've given you those nicknames. I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> well, that's where people will know you from. That's why you're going to know me from that one. But let's carry on. <laughs> Hello there. Can you hear me? Join us for Shakespeare written, Spanish plays and poetry, rock star interviews, film reviews, dark place dreamers, and more. Patreon.com slash books. Get it, buy it, books. So, that's, that's that. What else have I read? Well, I already, I already gave you the breakdown at the beginning, but the next book that I'm going to talk about is the Tolstoy. Um, this is the Cossacks, oh. but but Swerve, I'm not going to spend and, much time on the Cossacks. And, to be fair, although we mentioned it also, every episode is the first episode where we actually review <laughs> So, yeah, the Cossacks. So, this is three books. This is actually three novellas. So, the whole, the whole thing is only 330 pages, but it's split mm. into three novellas. And the Cossacks okay. is supposed to be the main one. Um, it, it was probably my least favorite of the three. Oh, so I will I will mention all three briefly, but I'm only really going to talk about one of them. Okay, so I mean the Cossacks itself. We've got this chap. This obviously set in Russia and everything. Uh, all three of these stories, but we've got this one chap. He goes to hang out with the. He's rich, um, and he's an army chap. But he goes to hang out with a bunch of Cossacks, and um, they're living um, in in huts and things like that. He wants to live a more a more simple lifestyle, and they're sort of they're kind of warriors. Um, but essentially, look, it's just a bit of a, it's a sort of a love story, but the girl he likes is already mm. sort of not unofficially engaged to another Yeah, I've heard, I've heard about the story a bit, mm. yeah. And just so, to give a bit of uh, hindsight as well, uh, Tolstoy was young when he wrote this and rich himself. I think he was a, was he a count? I'm not quite sure. Mm. And so I think at the beginning of his like career, he is, He's already starting to change. He's already seeing like, yeah, with this money, it's not really bringing me much. How can I help the people? So he is actually, was actually a very generous sort mm. of person who really became very, kind of, he became very Christian, but in a very, I suppose, in his own uh, philosophical, would you like? Yeah, yeah. In his own kind of like, after thinking about a lot. Anyway, but I'm just curious if that reflects while you tell the story, but please continue. No, it, do, it does a little bit. Um, it's more about, you know, forgetting the, the wealth never really brings you anything. And yeah. You know, okay. It's a bit more on helping people in an, in community and, uh, and that kind of thing, you know, that that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's that's the main vibe. But I mean, he likes this one girl, and he's not really gonna be able to get with her. The girls go around and they, they flirt sometimes and things like that, and you got to pay them money for kisses and and things like that. But re- but really, um, she's probably gonna end up with it with the other Cossack gentleman, you know, and. I don't think that's really going anywhere for him, but he's almost content to just admire her beauty and to be in love from a distance for most of the novel, uh, novella. Right. Um, okay. And then you know, some things happen. They just, one guy, they, they kills an enemy and then some enemies are going to come and they talk to them and things. Not honestly, not a lot happens. It is more just showing you a bit of the Cossack lifestyle and, you know, and this one uh, guy. So not, not a massive amount happens. I found it quite slow when I was just kind of skimming through it. Um, hmm. The other one is the death of Ivan Ilyich. Ah, this is a, a chap who, I mean, initially we hear that he's dying and most of his friends and most people who know him are immediately thinking, how does this benefit me? Like if he dies, then will I get the promotion that he has or, you know, this kind of, this kind of stuff. Um, and this is just the story of him dying in his final, his final time on earth. Mm. And his family aren't even that bothered. He's a bit of a hindrance to his wife. He can't get out of bed. He's, you know, he's getting all frail and he's, he's losing his looks. Uh, he's becoming ugly. And, and, and isn't, is, but isn't he, though, like a lawyer kind of worked too much and kind of live his life? It's he really overworked and focused too much on, on work. And mm. uh, he's, you know, he's quite high up in, 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 in like government postings, even, I think. But mm. it's more just like his daughter doesn't really care about him. His, him and his wife don't like each other. So they're, it just it's kind of sad to be honest mm. um but it's the shortest of the three and it is just a glimpse into the someone's last days essentially um and he has to reflect on whether or not he really spent his life well or was his, you know, his mm. entire existence kind of tried and meaningless oh well, but the one i liked you know, and this will shock yeah. you uh, dj it's called happy yeah. ever after and this one is a romance Oh, well, that, there you go. Surprise right there. So tell me about this. Happy Ever After? Does it, that is it a happy ever after? No. Well, I suppose it can't <laughs> <go. laughs> It is not. So, yeah, what I thought. That's, that's told story humor, right? Yeah. Okay. So we've got this nice uh, Russian family, and they've got a friend who comes to visit. And um, the mother says, in a passing comment, the mother says something like, this guy is the kind of, to her daughter, you know, this is the kind of guy that you should marry one day. And for some reason, just that sticks with the daughter. And she decides, I have to marry this friend of dad's. And this guy is like in his mid-30s and she's 17. Like he is more than double her oh, age. Lord. Oh, Lord. Okay. And dad dies. And then she's like, you know, I didn't even like this friend of his. He's kind of old and melancholy. And, you know, I'm just going to marry him anyway because that's what I'm supposed to do. So they, they hang out a little bit. And he comes in and he takes on a fatherly role and he instructs her in her piano playing and says, you know, oh, that bit wasn't good enough, but that bit was fine. And she can't believe that he cares enough about her to even tell her that she's not good enough. You know, this kind of, this kind of <laughs> thing. You know? Yeah, yeah this, this, sounds again, <laughs> this sounds like the story again you mentioned where, where the, uh, the Le Femme, uh, I think, novel, right? Where she's basically putting her head on her dad's lap. Yeah. And she just that, that he's there. <laughs> It's, 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 it's more of that, you know. But it's ridiculous. Honestly, the guy turns out to be a good guy. Okay. And the girl is actually the character I don't like. Oh, okay. So she starts out full of romantic notions. You know, initially, the book's trying to tell you, forget about the person you grew up kind of fantasizing about, you know, your ideal person. Go oh. with someone different, this melancholy oh. guy. Uh, and she wants to marry okay. him and he likes her, but he won't display any affection. And he can be cold to her. 
Um, and then when it comes to a head and they talk about it and she asks him, look, what's actually happening here? And he makes up this thin, thinly veiled story. He's like, well, what if a particular gentleman, let's call him B, likes a particular girl, let's call her A, who's a family friend and much younger than him. It just describes their exact circumstances in very, very right, thinly okay. veiled uh, pseudonyms. And eventually he's like, you know, so what's going to happen? Either she's just making fun of me because I'm way too old for her or we get together and it's terrible. And then she says, well, there's a third ending. What if it's all good? And so they, mm. he says, well, I'm leaving you forever. Goodbye. And she says, no, don't leave me forever. What if we're in love? And he's like, okay, let's get married in like two days. Done. That's, that's the persuasion. It's all done. But what? He, he does before that, he does try to say to her, I don't think it will work. I'm too old. I mean, he's, he's like 36. He's like, I want, yeah. uh, you know, a slow lifestyle. I want to sit by the fire. You know, you want to go to Petersburg. You want to have a, a big <laughs> um, society girl type lifestyle. And she says, no, no, I'm content to go to your farm. It'll all be it'll all be good. It'll all be good. And of course, he was right all along. So they go there. Mm. And after a c- couple of months of insane, passionate love. Um, oh, wow. Well, at least they had that, for God's yeah. sake. I mean, isn't that something? Spent under the roof of uh, the mother-in-law. His, his mother, who's this really strict lady and, you know, they're just kind of tiptoeing around her, but then they enjoy their mornings and their evenings together, you know. Um, is it quite graphic? Is it is it quite graphic? I suppose. No, it's not the, really graphic, but it's it's just funny because the um, the mother in law is very so he she's called Katji and he's called Sergey. By the way, I should give their names. The mother in law is okay, very yeah. strict and she's just very old school, you know. But they just kind of tiptoe around her and they they have their nice mornings and their nice evenings together and everything like that. Um, hmm. Then what happens is she gets bored. She's a terrible person. So she starts saying, well, I'm bored. What if I just cause drama? What if I just cause my husband, like, emotional drama and turmoil in order to amuse myself? You know, Mm -hmm. what if I'm just causing problems and, you know, just, uh, she's just a terrible, terrible girl. So then he eventually says, okay, you need to go to the capital. You need to go into society. That will liven things up. The farm is too boring for you. But I did warn you about that. And so they go into society and of course she's going to parties and balls. They she's flirting with other men, a guy even kisses her at one point, and they drift further Where's and she? further apart. Oh, and he okay. puts up with a lifestyle he doesn't like in the city until eventually it all comes to a head and he says, you know, I'm going back to the farm. They're they're so far apart they don't even speak most days anymore, you know, after the months of which, intense passion which, that they had. Which which reminds me of uh, you know. As I said, it reminds me of Anna Karenina in the sense of the farm yeah. passages there for peace, yeah. But but they forgot. This is only 100 pages. They forgot to put in the uh, the 500-page farming manual. Oh, no. Okay, that's a pity. So he didn't develop the, his own method quite yet. His no. own Anna Karenina method. There's an earlier book, isn't it, the Anna Karenina? Is this a, yeah, I, think, I think so. Okay. So essentially, it's just this bit of a story about their life, you know, and, and things are going wrong. And it's it's about changes in love. It's about the initial mm. connection they had. Then it's about the, the intense passion that they have. Uh, and they have a child as well. And she, she wow. doesn't even like the child. She's like, I don't like this, this infant that's in my house now. Like, I just want to go to parties and, uh, you know, go around in pretty clothes and things like that. Uh, well, she, he, didn't, she, didn't, he, she didn't live her youth, didn't she? That's her problem. Exactly. He regains so. a second happiness by giving all the love he had for her to the child now. Okay. And, you know, essentially what happens is she figures out that she messed everything up. 
And she says, and then it gets a bit sexist. And she says, why didn't you use the power that you have over me? Why didn't you forbid me to go to society? Why didn't you beat me? Why didn't you kill me? And because I ruined everything. And I wanted to go back to the way it was. And he says, you had to find that out for yourself. I could never have controlled you. You had to learn from your mistakes. But it can never go back to the way it was. It's done. It's broken. And now we have a different kind of love where we just kind of live Mm. in the same place and tolerate each other, but the passion will never come back. And the, Mm. you know, the conclusion, the the, the girl is the one who's actually writing the book and the conclusion is, and we lived happily ever after, but we never, ever regained our former Mm. passion. We just kind of existed together in the same dwelling. And Mm. at 25 years old, by the end of the book, she just resigns herself to this life of nothingness. 25. Okay. That's what you're mentioning at the beginning. I don't know. I, I, I just find what's, what's going on. You know, like I'm just thinking, can, can, can we not just be happy? Just have, can the man not just be happy with having found love at the first place? And can the woman also not decide, like, okay, we'll have this, but if, may, if I'm not that happy with them, I won't stay with them? Just, I don't know. Well, dude. I'm not sure if that sounds like. In uh, the 19th century, that was unthinkable. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, different times. But still, you go like, around um, creating problems for yourself and, and moral lessons, you know? Uh, what I find interesting is that he was a really popular writer at the time, so people were reading this. Obviously, it was so. What I find interesting about classics, at least, even though they seem often outdated, or at least the best classics don't. But some classics seem outdated. But at the time, it reflects the society at the time, so you can learn something about the society at the time. It must have been a big thing. It must have been a very repressed, unhappy society in Russia at the time. That's yeah. all I'm getting at, really, yeah. But what's interesting is... Or, or Victorian you read, England. You read well, books from this time period. It doesn't matter if they're set in Russia, in England, in France, in Spain. They're all yeah. very similar. Yeah, I mean, can you not have, yeah, you're not like a happy kind of 19th century book. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're about to cover one in America. Again, similar. Oh, yeah. So, okay. But do well, you want to take your turn? Yes, uh, to talk about um, something... Um, Set in the in the twentieth century, even though it's quite at the end, twentieth century. I mentioned the teacher turned author uh, from Germany. Now I'm going to mention another teacher turned author. I'm talking about the unique Michael Moore Purgo, who is better known as the author of War Horse, which was turned into a uh, Spielberg um, Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read that book. Love to try it out one day. Um, I've never read. I read I've heard of it. No, I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it. That's supposed to be great. But to be honest, it was more. I think it was the cover and the plot, which is not something I usually go for necessarily. I often go. Hmm. I don't know. I often go for the author or like maybe what I heard about the author. But I find this cover very intriguing. It's an interesting uh, cover. I see it there. It's yeah, based, it's a it's a slightly abstract, but it's a ship here, and there is a dog and a boy at either side just falling off the ship. And yeah, and it's it's a bit based on Hokusai and Japanese paintings because it's called Kensuke's Kingdom. And it's a book that's about a boy called Michael, just like the author, whose parents in England lose all their money. And instead of like trying for the next job, they the dad decides, well, look, we all enjoy sailing. I bought this boat called Peggy Sue. Let's oh. travel the why not? It's a good well, idea. And that's just the way it begins. 
And so they traveled the world. They, why not? It's got a map here as well where they went. They traveled from England uh, down to the Azores and the lovely Canary Islands, Cape Verde Islands. And then ah, they get Brazil. down to your neck of the woods. Oh, they get down there and then they move on Brazil and they see a lot of different places. And at the beginning, it's all just kind of like a journal. He's having a nice time. However, you do know from the beginning, the very opening line is chapter one, Pegasus. I disappeared on the night before my 12th birthday, July the 28th, 1988. Only now can I at last tell the whole extraordinary story, the true story. Kenske made me promise that I would say nothing, nothing at all until at least 10 years had passed. So we already know that he's going to disappear. Sorry, did you say dead. the character is called Peggy Sue? Uh, the boat is called Peggy Sue. Oh, the boat. So the boat is named after the Buddy Holly song? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay, that's Perhaps interesting. So. If you knew well, Peggy Sue, then you'd know why I feel blue without Peggy, oh, my yes. Peggy Sue. Oh, okay. So that's what it's called after. And Well, anyway, the boy, they travel around the world and all goes well. I mean, it's a bit difficult sailing. They, he and his parents, they study it and they manage. And then after a couple of storms, when they're getting close to after Australia, they're somewhere between Australia and Japan. It's very vague where they are, actually. They're somewhere in the Pacific. And it's not even a storm, but it's just that during the night, the, his dog, uh, Michael's dog, goes out and... She doesn't have her uh, harness on. She doesn't have like her safety vest on. And Michael's just worried. And he goes to look for her, grabs her because she didn't stop barking for some reason. And then they both just slip off into the into the sea at night. And okay. the boat drifts off. And so everything goes so fast that his screams can't even be here because his parents are sleeping at the bottom of the boat. And he's drowning. But then someone saves him and he wakes up on an island and it's a bit here at the back kind of a picture uh, on an island shaped like a peanut and he yeah and he's just wondering how he got there he's with his dog but his parents are not there and it turns out a man a former japanese doctor from the second world war saved him and is now even providing food for him it won't talk to him and this guy is called Kenska. And there is a connection between the Second World War on the Japanese side and him being on this island ever since. He's in the 70s already, uh, living with orangutans. And okay. yeah, it's basically just this friendship that forms between them. I suppose Robinson Crusoe and Friday-esque. Mm. Um, especially because Kenska only speaks really broken English, uh, which I actually love. I find that the most poetical part of the book whenever he speaks really? broken English. Yeah, I love that because it's the, the broken English inside he he does express himself very well, very well. But I find all right. But it's kind of my interest at the moment of becoming minimalist. He's he's expressing himself using only like thirty words or whatever. Okay, fair enough. Um, have you ever read Robinson, Robinson Crusoe, by the way? You know, I have. I loved it. You have? I, I, I never read it. Did not did not like the last chapter. I thought, why did he write that? It's a right. bit yeah. Uh, there's some. There's a chapter. I don't think most people know the real end from Robinson Crusoe. They think it just kind of yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right, but right, the right. novel itself before that is really good. I really recommend it. It's I didn't quite... like Gulliver's Travels, and that put me off that kind of. No, stuff. no, but Robinson Crusoe is kind of very metaphysical, I find as well, and not really a typical kind of story of that era. I th I think. Um, okay. 
And in a sense, it, this is the same here, uh, Friday and Rome's superstar relationship, but uh, deeper, I suppose. And it's, it's also, we don't know much about Kensker because he doesn't speak much in general, even in Japanese. He's, uh, he's, in, he's in words. He hasn't spoken really since the Second World War, I imagine. This is set in the 80s, 1980s. So I won't say more than that. It's a very short novel again, uh, written for teenagers, essentially. Um, I have to say the last chapter or two really almost had me in tears. And um, oh, no. especially the maybe the penultimate chapter called The Night of the Turtles, where turtles are born on the island and they do things to protect the turtles. It's really... And Michael Morpurgo uh, is more of like a kind of a Green Party. He's a UK writer, but he's very much in the Green Party oh, right, right. kind of orientated. And good, he's the good. one I mentioned at the beginning of the episode who, in this book, he says uh, he uses sustainable paper from forests that are well managed and controlled. And it, there's a tiny essay at the end. There's even a tiny environmental essay at the end. That's how dedicated it is. And I have to say, the whole story itself is quite environmental. Kenske really... His kingdom is this island. He basically protects the animals on his island because there are also kind of, you know, unconscious fishermen trying to kill the animals as well. There's a bit of a dangerous side as well, not just living mm -hmm. in paradise. But this is, really? um, these are good messages for the kids, you know? Oh, right. Like, that's what I'm saying. So reading both these bo books, Kleiner Gespenst, which is really just, um, for me, it's like, like this light living kind of feeling with this environmental message it's the kind of books i am enjoying reading at the moment because it is the kind of books that i'm interested in writing i would say the book i just wrote was very environmental and i can only learn from people like more Burgo. and he said himself i was listening to an interview he said himself that he was just reading out to the kids and they got mm -hmm. bored with the stories that he was reading out so he started telling he started inventing his own stories and they were okay. they were more interested. And he explained it wasn't because his stories wasn't weren't mm -hmm. they were better. They just said he meant every word he he said. And that really inspired me. And also the environmental message of this book. And yeah, I just think it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's lovely. Oh, and he starts and he gets into painting as well, Dean, which you enjoy. Good. About that. Uh so I highly recommend it. Kentucky's Kingdom by uh Morpurgo. Um, lovely, lovely edition, by the way. Really like this. Really lovely and colorful. It's also got lovely illustrations. I just showed you one, didn't I? I'll show you another one. An inside illustration, like here, for example, you got like nice. Yeah, you got the two. You got the two individuals just like bonding here as well. It's a very different uh, illustration style to the previous book, but still, still yeah. Good. Uh, and you know what I love about this? I do love writing about Second World War as well. And kind of like, because there's so, because I grew up with, on the German side, on my German side, really, my grandparents were, my granddad's, well, not many people knows, but he had to fight in, for the Nazis, aged 18, and he hated it. He shot himself in the leg to get away from it and be captured by UK um, soldiers. He hated it. And my grandmother, she was only a teenager in the Second World War, and you know, terrible things happen to her classmates and she just managed to flee. And it's just like these terrible visual stories and also poignant. And I love then when someone, I love when someone takes a modern story that is somehow linked to the Second World War. And, you know, I've showed you my writing, Dean, with the Okatama mm -hmm. Express. 
doing Thamo Express, it has that. It still has got that my text. still got my draft copy sitting on the shelf well, over there. Yeah, well, I'm glad you have it. And it's got the second world story, especially in the Japanese side. I mean, the Japanese German stories, they're insane stuff. So I really enjoyed his background story, which obviously it, you're, you know it's going to happen. And so it's not really a, a spoiler, but you're looking mm. forward to it. So at the end, he does learn more English and he opens up and he does tell why he is actually there. So I was always looking forward to that part. And then I really did enjoy it when it came. Good. So if you want to know, you know, and it's not, it's not very, what I want to say, it's not very kind of like teachy preachy. It's mm. just a story and you are learning a bit about the history, in this case of Japan, and also about the environment, but just perfect for kids. It's not like a lecture. It's just, oh yeah, through an interesting story. So, so you see the teacher really in both sides a bit here. So there are two similar authors in some sense, uh, teachers who are educating their children kind of like, or maybe like no, not in your face just kind of how can i teach without them even realizing you know mm -hmm. that as a teacher find interesting too yes. so you so check it out books. and i should say oh, and it's, it's interesting I, go ahead no i just want to mention i think it's being turned into a film this year or next year kenska's kingdom i think it was killian murphy as well so oh, it's probably wow, going wow. to be another big film maybe you want to read it now before it even comes out so kenska's kingdom uh, more poor girl. But sorry, you were saying that? No, I was just going to say it sounds like you had two good books. And, you know, interestingly, yeah, I enjoyed it. all the books I read this month. So we had a. Oh, that's good. They weren't necessarily my overall favorites, but I think overall we've had a pretty, pretty decent collection this month. So very good. Nice. Nice. And I, I mentioned to you before the show, I'm, start, I'm starting next month with a 900 oh, yeah. page book in Spanish oh, Lord. About, um, about ancient Greece. And it's called the the death well, the assassination technically the death of um, Plato, but you know he wasn't assassinated. So what I really love to do um, is read a nine hundred page book in a foreign language about an event that never happened. That's fantastic for me. You know? And um, and it's it's uh, a sequel of the assassination of Socrates, right, from the same yes, author, which makes more sense, and which I well, yes. I think I've recommended that one before. Indeed, but Plato, I'm not sure, you know. What's going on there? The next, next will be like the assassination of Immanuel Kant, and then series <laughs> uh, thirty-four, the assassination of, of you know Martin Heidegger. How where does it stop? Like soaring <laughs> character guards. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, have fun. Uh, but now tell me this thing: your 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 patience is unbelievable. Are you going to continue reading it if you don't like it after page two? Because you have read books that you didn't like I after probably will and i i liked the oh, first nice. one so i guess i like the second one the style was good and engaging and i like the subject matter so yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. fair enough i, I picked fair this enough. one up i believe i picked it up when i was in uh when i did my gibraltar visit and then i also visited um, oh, yeah. Malaga and marbella and things somewhere along that trip i, I think i picked this one up so Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.